the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Becca Pusha. Becca is originally from upstate New York and is the youngest of four. She attended the State University of New York, aka SUNY, at Oswego, where she obtained a bachelor's degree in writing. She began her work in the mental health field as a wilderness guide at a young adult program in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, Her many roles at programs over the years ultimately formed her vision for Ember Lodge Recovery Community for Women, which she officially started in 2016 in Asheville, North Carolina. She owns and operates Ember Lodge along with its sister program, the Karen Outpatient and is a drug and alcohol counselor herself. She's married to an entrepreneur and has two young daughters. Becca is awesome, so let's not wait any further. Here she is. All right, Becca, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Oh, this is, I'm I'm super jazzed about this conversation. Um, so let's go ahead and get started and maybe I'll even like, because I've heard you interviewed on past other podcasts before. So I'm like, I kind of know a little bit of your story, but I'm excited to share a, a different perspective with the audience. Um, and so where did you grow up and what was the, so tell the audience kind of, yeah, wh- what was home? Where was home when you were growing up? And what were the expectations within your family unit around post-secondary education? And then maybe also in the like larger you know, area that you grew up in terms of expectations? Yeah. So I'm originally from upstate New York, um, way upstate near the Canadian border. Um, we, you know, we all went to, uh, Catholic school, me and my siblings, I have three siblings and my brother, um, went to a trade school out of high school and has built his career off of, um, going to a trade school to be a mechanic and has worked for NASCAR since the day after his high school graduation. So, um, the trade school idea was always kind of on my, on my radar. Um, none of my other siblings had gone to or completed college at that time. Uh, so I was really the first, I'm the youngest of four. I was the first to kind of, um, give it a go at SUNY Oswego, which is the state university of New York at Oswego. Very cold, very cold school, lots of snow. Honestly, I feel like all SUNY schools in like the northern half of the state are are so cold. I moved down south to get away from that. And every time it snows, I like have flashbacks of um, being trapped. (laughs) (laughs) So much wind. I mean, it's right on Lake Ontario. It shows the coldest school possible. Um, So much wind (laughs) and snow. Um, There's actually a, if if you are a certain weight, under a certain weight, it's in the student handbook that you don't have to go to class because um, people were getting thrown up against buildings and breaking ribs and things. So oh it my was goodness. <laughs> that's and there's this rumor about um, rope pulleys between the buildings so you can hold on. Um, and I remember wearing snowshoes. So oh my gosh! Class, wow. You know, yeah, it was wow. a real deal. Okay, well, f- fun fact. Uh, I mean, before you ended up going there, though, did you feel like the culture existed that I know you said that your brother went to a trade school was was your like high school class or kind of like the the plug from your high school to like go to school, go to school or do some sort of post-secondary path? 
Yes, 100%. So all of my peers were looking at private schools. So they were touring a lot of um, private colleges and universities, and they were all um, applying to similar programs. My family's story is a little bit different. Um, my parents provided uh, support for like the first semester, and then I took out student loans. And so we opted for the, the state school um, option. And it was, you know, my from my peer group expectation, it was certainly everybody was doing it. It was like a thing that everybody was doing. So, okay, so it make that that makes sense, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of that herd mentality of like, well, that's what everybody else is doing. If you don't do that, what else do you do? Um, so you, now you're at this school where you, you have to be a certain weight so you don't get blown into buildings. How was that initial? How was that initial transition? I'm so curious. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I came from a really strict household, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of four, I'm, you know, the baby and a very strict Italian Catholic family. And when I got to school, I was just like wide open. I was like, look at all the independence, look at all the things. And so school was really the last thing on my mind when I got to school. Um, and so it went, it went downhill pretty quickly. Um, cause I had, no idea what I wanted to go to school for. I knew I had to do it because it seemed like the right thing to do. It's not like I had this idea that I wanted to be this thing when I grew up and I saw a clear path to get there. That's not what my story was at all. I actually was undeclared for like uh, more than a year, I believe. So I, I was pretty much a, you know, I was, I was kind of a disaster for like the first year of school. Uh, it was a train wreck, if I can be honest. <laughs> Yeah, so you went you went to college for the college aspect, yes, not exactly. the academics. Oh, it was the last thing that I was thinking about. It's not like I chose SUNY Oswego because it seemed like it had you know good classes or um, the major that I wanted. I chose it because you know there was like you know uh, Bridge Street Run, which is like bar after bar after bar of just like people running up and down Bridge Street drinking. I mean, um, lots of sororities, <laughs> things like that. So that's what I saw. I had no concept of what it was going to be like before I got there. And then when I got there, I was like, woohoo, you know? So yeah. I actually remember my dad uh, driving there and like taking me to the office and being like, I hadn't signed up for classes the second semester yet. I like didn't know that I had to do it on my own because I like, you know, so I didn't sign up for classes the second semester. And my dad was like, what's like, I need to come down there and do it. So I remember my dad coming down and helping me out with that. So it, I mean, that just goes to show that the classes were the last thing on my mind. <laughs> okay. So your dad came down and he helped you to, you know, Gosh, I, I feel like there's a we could have a whole other podcast episode just to talk about the idea of like the the higher ed culture, right? Like yeah. the cultural capital in higher education, regardless of where you are and whether or not you have other family members who went to college, like nobody gives you the script that says, yeah. okay, here's all the things you need to know now that you're independent, especially if you're not focused on the academic piece. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you probably weren't checking your emails regularly. No, I mean, email wasn't like a thing back then. It wasn't like a thing. Oh yeah, well, I think I had yeah. a student account. I never checked that account. Yeah, yeah. never. I, I, so. That's like proof in the pudding right there of like again your your priority your priorities in college were the the social space. Well, I mean, I mean, just to put it into perspective, let me tell you, I did a semester 
in London and I flew to London. I didn't know where to go after I got off the train. Like I was so, that's how, that's how scattered I was. I had, I wasn't focused on the school that I was going to in London or what I had to do when I was in London. I was like, I'm going to London, you know? So that was just a little bit of perspective. It was the same concept for when I went to college to begin with, you know, I was just kind of wide open. So. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this then, right? Because at some point we all know that this, the writing on the wall is that the way that that works doesn't actually get you a degree or does not, it doesn't get you into a healthy space as a, you know, college graduate. So what was, you know, at what point did things kind of align for you where you realized like, Hey, I need to stop what I'm doing or take a break from school or, or what, what was that journey? I'm assuming it was also after London. <laughs> it was after London. There was a rude awakening though. So I actually being undeclared was, I think that was part of my reason that I was having a hard time staying focused. Um, I didn't take any time before entering college exploring what I was passionate about and what I was interested in. And I think that that would have been really valuable back then. Um, I know there's a lot of tools for young adults now to do those types of things. And it, it's, it really would have got me on, I think, a different path because I really was figuring out who I was and didn't, you know, I wasn't feeling particularly pulled in any different direction. Um, but by the time I got back from my study abroad, um, the writing was pretty clear on the wall that I was drinking too much. I was not prioritizing um, the things that I had hoped that I would have prioritized. Um, and I kind of hit a low. I, I never pulled out of school, but I hit an emotional um, low point. And, um, you know, I sought um, some different resources in the community and um, was able to kind of pull through. And once I declared uh, my major um, in writing, I, I mean, it was like I, I was a, a totally changed direction. It was something that I found um, a lot of joy in, a lot of passion, and I, it came really naturally to me. Um, and once I declared my major, it just felt like I wanted to engage. I, I knew the path that I wanted to be on. I knew what I wanted to do, and I had some, some direction to get there. So I like that. All right, you're listening to the Success is Subjective podcast, and I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. As a reminder, if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch them on Apple Podcasts. My guest today is Becca Pusha. All right, Becca, let's get back to it. So you finally found this degree, this calling, this passion, this like place where it's like, okay, now, now I'm reining you back in, in terms of the academic side of college. So Mm -hmm. where did you go after that? Right. Did you, did you graduate? Did you get a job? Like, what was that transition like? Yeah. So I, I graduated school and then I've realized very quickly that I, I, could be a teacher or try to be a freelance writer or a famous author, which is kind of what I hoped that I would be. I was like, cool, I'll get this degree and I'll be a famous author. Cool. That's how it's going to work. That's not how it worked. Um, I worked in the service industry for a while. My brother had a restaurant and I, I worked in the service industry, did some personal writing, read a lot and kind of just, um, hung out in my hometown for a while. Um, it did get, again, I, I felt a sense of being lost again in some ways. And I did start, you know, 
getting back into drinking and some other unhealthy habits at the time and started to see myself uh, hitting again a downward um, kind of spiral on it. And I think that it was, I, I just felt like I didn't have a lot of purpose at that time. So. Yeah. That, I mean, both you and I, right? Like the young people that we work with, if they don't feel like they have a purpose, it just opens all of the doors to put them in a really compromising situation. So, and we'll talk more about that here in a second. I'm curious though, because now you're talking about like, here you are, you're a college graduate, you've returned home, you've stayed in, and we're saying like upstate New York, small Mm -hmm. town, close to the Canadian border. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. even if, even if you're a college graduate and I'm I'm reflecting on my own experience, because I certainly had one of those, like, I went back and lived with my parents for a little bit and like worked in Northern Virginia. And even though I was college graduate and, you know, it was in my mind, fine. Right. Like it was, it was fine. Yeah, this is working out. Like there was definitely this, you know, kind of seed planted in the back of my mind that just feels a little bit unmoored, uh, like opens the doors for there being kind of this, uh, like depressive space of like, where am I? Why am I here? Right. Kind of reflective opportunity. So I'm curious how you got from, upstate New York to where you are now, because there's also a, a, a space in between and you are the furthest from upstate New York right now. Yes, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, and I've been here for almost 11 years now. Um, so I was in upstate New York, just really feeling lost. I, you know, I thought to myself, if I could just like go into the wilderness and camp for a month, I would be fine. I'd find myself, you know, <laughs> it turns out that those programs exist. And so that's where I went. I went to a wilderness program for young adults when I was in my mid twenties and it was located here in North Carolina. And I was in that program for, you know, close to 90 days. And it was a very profound experience for me. So profound that I discovered that I wanted to work in this field and and help other people who were going through uh, similar life transitions. And I've stayed here ever since. I I, I I completed that program. And when I had um, a year or a year outside of that program, I started working in the field and being of service to others. So and it totally leads you to where you are now, which, first of all, Asheville, North Carolina, if you've never been, is a super cool place to be. Now, don't go buy a place because, you know, there's there's no there's no property left. Taking <laughs> up all the space. There's houses where I didn't even know a house could fit. It's insane. Wow. <laughs> it's it's a it's a beautiful place, right? Everybody else is is seeing the the kind of magic that can take place there, but I'm curious if you can speak to what it is that you're doing now, like tell our listeners, like, what are you doing? So I am the owner and founder of a program called Ember Lodge, and we are a young adult program for women who successfully completed treatment and are reentering the real world. So our role is to support them through the transition of, um, gaining life skills, getting back to work. And some of them are doing the same things that I was struggling with, like going back to school. And um, some of them are even taking the GED, things like that. So our role is to really support the young adults so that they can 
have autonomy and feel confident in who they are. And um, it's such a unique time because they're also transitioning from being dependent on their parents to being independent. And it's a really fun, unique time that I, I just love being a witness to. So yeah, you and me both. I'm like over here smiling so hard. Like, yep. And <laughs> when they get to do, they're like exploring their passions. We do um, hobbies, quests where they get to figure out what it is that brings them joy. And it was such a, it was just something that I really struggled with as a young adult was what's going to make me happy and feel fulfilled. And I was trying to fill that void with a lot of unnecessary things. And so looking back, if I had had, um, some kind of support around exploring that, then, you know, um, could have saved a little bit of, of pain, but maybe not. I, I don't really linger on that um, because things <laughs> ended, up, ended up really great. So I don't really think about how they could have gone differently anymore. So. Of course, of course. Well, so I'm going to ask you this question because I ask every single one of my guests, do you see yourself as successful? I do. And it's a continuous learning spectrum of, finding things, new things that excite me. It's, it's insane how much cool stuff there is to do, you know, before <laughs> I, you know, I was kind of wandering aimlessly thinking, eh, it's kind of pointless, you know, and now that I'm where I am, I just think, gosh, I, I, it's, it's profoundly sad to think about how much time that I wasted. Um, but also amazing that it kind of fuels all of my interests today. I, there's, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to explore. I mean, I'm, I have 11 years, like I said, of, of recovery time. And uh, even though I have a degree and um, a drug and alcohol counselor and um, we're expanding our program, I get to explore writing again. You know, I'm in University of Chicago doing some editing classes just for fun. You know, it's like, it's just a cool, it's just a cool time of my life. And I think success is when, I can confidently explore things and make mistakes and that's okay too, you know? Totally. No, I agree. I love that. I love that answer. So <laughs> if you could give any piece of advice to let's, let's actually do the example because I think it resonates with who you serve at Ember Lodge. So if you could give one piece of advice to a young woman who is struggling right now, and it could be like Becca circa, SUNY Oswego, or it could be, you know, like that young woman who's in her mid twenties, that's, you know, living at home and really questioning her purpose or her passions or like why she's feeling stuck. What piece of advice would you give that young woman? I think the biggest thing that comes to mind when I hear that question is to let go of outcomes and to just surrender the biggest thing for me was I felt like I should have been a certain way that I just wasn't. And what I was doing was not in alignment with what my peers were doing, um, what my siblings had done. And so I always felt like I should be the certain way. And I think that it added an unnecessary amount of stress to me. And it really kind of interfered with my path to figuring out who I was as a person. Um, Cause I was like, making all of these in my head, I should be this way, I should be doing that. Instead, I, I would hope for our young adults now to be open to other possibilities and to be less attached to outcomes of the way that, you know, they believe that things should be because it's not always the right answer. Yeah, as you were talking, all I was thinking about is the immense amount of shame 
that mm. we as women put on ourselves. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it, we're, we're constantly comparing ourselves to others and I'm totally generalizing based on gender. So if you're an anomaly, by all means, disregard the stuff that's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and at the same time, I do feel like there's just, there's something about us, right. And how we've been raised collectively uh, within this society to just be a certain way. Right. Or be doing a certain thing. And so I really love that that idea of surrendering and letting go of the idea of outcomes, because I think that's where we'll see a lot more women blossom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what comes to mind is looking back, I was still not to say how old I am, but I was still of a generation where some most of our moms were stay at home moms still. And so that was true to my story as well. Uh, my mom was, I'm abundantly grateful. She was with us every night for dinner. My dad was home for dinner every night. And so um, I was really breaking away from what traditionally I saw within my family too, which was, which was difficult and a little bit, the ground felt a little bit um, unsteady in some ways. So. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So if, if somebody wants to reach out to you specifically, or if they want to connect with Ember Lodge, how do they do that? So you can go to www.emberlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook at Ember Lodge Recovery Community for Women. Um, or you can shoot us an email at admissions at emberlodge.com. Love it. And we'll make sure that we have all of that listed in the podcast notes so that anybody that wants to just be able to click on it and go, they can do that. Becca, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was fun. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guest again for joining me this week and for being willing to share their story. This podcast would not exist if it weren't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world. You can follow me on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. But most importantly, check out the resources on my website at www.lilyconsulting.com. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. Also, while you're there, if you would be so kind, leave me a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on other popular podcast apps such as Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guests. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.